Last One to the Party, the podcast where we check in with someone who's checking out a classic film, long-running TV show, or legendary performer for the very first time. Welcome to this episode of Last One to the Party. This time around, we're talking with Josh Simpson about Alien, Aliens, Terminator, and T2. We note the James Cameron connection between the two sequels. We talk about him watching these movies with his parents and having a lot of time to do so in the time of COVID. Uh, I've known Josh for a long time. He's a really terrific and funny improviser, uh, great comedian. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Josh Simpson, J-A-R-S-H. He also hosts his own podcast, the Meet Improv Podcast. Jess has recently been on it, and I've been on it previously. He also posts comedy videos at Lazy Susan Comedy Online. So check him out there to find all of the hilarity that Josh is producing for all of us. And uh, let's get started with our conversation about Alien, Aliens, Terminator, and T2. How much did you know about Alien? Or aliens before you watched them. Um, before I watched Alien, I mean, I knew Sigourney Weaver, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew she was in it. I knew the famous scene where the alien pops out of the guy's chest in Alien, and I also knew that for Alien and then Aliens that it was Ridley Scott did the first one, right? And then James Cameron took over for Aliens. Yeah, sort of the same with Terminator. I I was kind of interested for the sequel because everyone said, like, <laughs> the sequel's better. So had people told you that Aliens was better than Alien? Yeah, or more fun, perhaps, would be another way of putting that. But Because uh... I will say, I judge people on how they describe the difference between the two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A little bit. Not like, not unequivocally, but if someone says Aliens is better than Alien... Uh-huh. I don't know if I can continue to have a conversation with them. <laughs> if they're more specific and they say it's more fun or it's more exciting or it's just more, you know, a lot more explosions or whatever, then it's like, okay, then that's fine. Like you you like that in a movie, that's great. But if you say that movie is better than Alien, ooh, that's tough sledding <laughs> for me. <laughs> I don't know if I can get past that. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I I uh I think what I knew is that James Cameron sort of came in and did his thing a little bit uh with with aliens and i think that's just like more fun maybe a little more action yeah and i think it's a little more palatable it doesn't require quite so much attention and also i think that when you're not in a movie theater watching alien it's a very different experience when you're in a movie theater surrounded by other people in a dark room and that tension is just building so methodically it's much different than being at home with the lights on and you dash out to get a snack and come right back it's a completely different experience yeah i was pretty locked in for alien i i uh i watched it with my parents actually and they hadn't seen it either really my dad had, yeah maybe my dad had seen part of it yeah they were also locked in my girlfriend doesn't like scary movies or things that are like <laughs> uh i don't even know if i'd say scary uh but she just doesn't like unpleasant <laughs> she, she'd rather watch a movie that like you know is gonna lift her up than something that's gonna like jar her but in many cases we watch something and it's scary and then at the end she goes like i like that <laughs> it's a it's a battle i fight but uh she she wasn't as locked in but my parents and i we were we were in it 
I have a friend who, okay, so when he watched Alien, he was bored because he had seen Aliens first as a teenager. And so I couldn't believe it because normally his taste mm-hmm. in movies is pretty solid and pretty um, expansive. You know, like he's not the kind of guy who's like, oh, I couldn't sit through it. It was too boring. I'm like, well, that's not you. But I said, you know, why mm-hmm. was it? Why was it boring? And he said, because I'd seen Aliens and I already <laughs> knew what the monster looked like. So we're waiting to see what the monster is going to be. And I already knew. That makes some sense. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I guess I guess I can understand that part of it. Yeah. Um, you definitely get a better. I don't know. The monster is definitely more. I don't know what I would how I would describe it, but souped up maybe <laughs> in aliens. It's pretty gross. Well, they show the queen, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. They hi- they heighten up to the queen of all of the aliens. Yes. The mother. <laughs> the thing making it. Uh yeah. Uh I liked the actually the reason I wanted to watch the first one is because I read something online. Some there was like I think it was on Reddit. There was like an open question like what's it was either like a perfect movie in your opinion or like a haunt, like a perfectly scary movie or something like that. And alien came up people, the, and with the sort of the note that it was it, the tension that it built and sort of how it, you know, developed as a movie was an experience for that person. And, uh, I was looking for something to watch with my folks <laughs> that seemed like easy enough. So, I, I I insisted, sort of. <laughs> oh, good for you. What was your impression of it? I kind of liked, in a way, I, I did like some of what that person said. Like, I liked kind of how it built a little bit slowly, but I was actually kind of surprised that sort of in the middle of the movie is when the, the alien pops out of the chest. I didn't really, I didn't know, like, the surrounding, I didn't know, like, the setup to that movie, but... uh like how they even stumbled upon the alien, what, whatever. But it kind of just, the way it played out without, the audience was sort of as clueless as the people in the ship in the first movie. Uh, I, I liked that. <laughs> I was along for the ride. When I saw, I saw it in the theaters when it came out, the overall sense I had of it was, what's happening? What's going on? You know, and then they get down to that planet and it's very weird. And then the thing gets on his face. And you're like, oh, this is definitely not good. And then once the thing jumps out of his chest, it becomes kind of the monster movie, right? And and they do a great job with the set decoration because there's so many tubes and things hanging down that look like the alien. You're just like, oh, God, that's it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a hose hanging down, whatever. <laughs> and then you get deeper into it when the, is it Ash is the name of the android? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, so they they decapitate Ash because he's rebelling against all of them. And you find out the true thing, that the company knew that this thing was there and they wanted them to. And then it becomes another layer to it, which I just found so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I the, the cyborg stuff sort of like threw me off a little bit. Not threw me off in like a bad way, but I, I, was, I, I sort of had to catch up to it. And that might be some sort of the... Uh... Actually, I think when we were watching it, because I was in northern Wisconsin, like the feed would sort of break up sometimes. So you'd have to like, like I had bad Wi-Fi basically. Yeah, that, that, uh, I, I, I watched both these like a month ago. I do remember what I liked about the second one is that when Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver finds out about 
that there's a cyborg coming along, she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> I like, I like her sort of just automatic hate for the robots. Yeah. Cause you know, there've been, there have been articles and uh, YouTube videos where people will dissect the entire alien franchise and they will point out that for Sigourney, for Sigourney Weaver, all of these movies take place over the span of like a week because she goes into hibernation and wakes up, you know, 30 years later and it's aliens. And then she goes into hibernation and wakes up where they've cloned her and she wakes up and it's this, you know, it's just like, what a week she's having. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I never thought of that. But yeah. Yeah. That thing with the with the reveal of the company being sort of the subversive thing behind all of this also strikes me as a very... 70s element because the first one came out in 78 i think and that seems to be a leftover of the suspicion that you had kind of born out of watergate so you had a lot of these things where like the government is really not QAnon level conspiracy but just normal level of mistrust of the government um so that felt very much a part of the 70s when i look back on that movie yeah also sort of a little bit of the the idea that like these astronauts or these people on this mission are also being duped yeah. by it where <laughs> I feel like if it was like seal team six or something, it would just be like, we're going in there. We're going to kill this fucking alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also they're all just freelance workers. Like some of them know each other. Some of them don't really know each other that well. You know, it's that sort of aspect in the movie as well, which, which creates another level. And watching that movie now, you know, that Sigourney Weaver has been a star for a long time, but that was her first movie. And so when that movie starts, you know, you've seen, um, Yafet Koto and some things. You've seen Harry Dean Stanton and some things. You've seen Tom Skerritt and some things. Any one of those guys is supposed to be the hero standing at the end, not this unknown young woman, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was also a nice twist when you, you know, when you first watch it. Oh, she's the one who survives and all of that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I definitely watched it like, oh, yeah, Sigourney. (laughs) I I know her politics even. (laughs) (laughs) So then with Aliens, uh-huh. how would you how would you rate that? How much did you know about that? Pretty much nothing. Um, I was just, that one I was really just along for the ride. I didn't know how they were even going to justify them going back up. So, you know, I'm a sucker for, I, I actually like watching those old action movies, kind of the same with Terminator, cause, or even like when you watch Jurassic Park and how well that holds up <laughs> for when it was made. Like it's it's interesting to see how like the devices James Cameron used to sort of tell the story and like like even the part where they like in Aliens where they show like the robot suit that you wear to I think just to clean up or something. Yeah, yeah, it was very utilitarian. You <laughs> like, turned it into a weapon. It was like a forklift, basically, a human forklift. I you know I'm a sucker for you know bringing that back around and sort of just even the. Oh wow! Now Sigourney's in the cool robot suit, and she's gonna fight the alien. I, I kind of like that bit of over the top sort of showmanship on James Cameron's part. I think my recollection of it—I haven't watched it recently—but my recollection of it is that it is very much an '80s movie. It's very big. It's very over the top. It's very pro-military. You know, it's all of those things that the 80s were from Mm -hmm. Rambo to Terminator to that. It's just all like, we've got to blow things up to solve our problems, you know, and they definitely do. And it's Michael Bean. So that's that's the through line as well. 
Was the her falling for that guy? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, he's the, the yeah he's the same guy from Terminator. Oh, is he the Terminator? No, no, no. He's the guy who says, "Come with me if you want to live." Oh, okay. <laughs> that one's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got the Michael Bean James Cameron double shot carryover huh. in all four of these movies. Well, between two of the two of the four movies. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I uh, I I really didn't know what to expect of that one. And you're you're right. Like when they get the army together and they sort of like show them all bunking up <laughs> and that kind of like eh, like almost not really roughhousing, but sort of you know being the fun military guys that you expect and the one uh uh the one latina female <laughs> yeah i actually kind of like that i thought that was maybe a little ahead of its time yeah who's the who's the <laughs> baddest of all of them yeah it was it was i mean you know again watching that in the theater you sort of you're very much caught by surprise by that that's just oh she's the one who's kicking everybody's ass who else was in that was it who's the uh, was it bill pullman bill pullman's in there yeah yeah <laughs> that took me a second to be like that's bill pullman right <laughs> yeah yeah uh, does he have the freak out line of like we're all toast man yeah this is all- yeah <laughs> i think he's got a little bit of like he's kind of a, a surfer-esque like or like kind of a burnout type <laughs> that's somehow like well regarded in the military <laughs> and of course you know again looking back Ridley Scott, for my money, Ridley Scott does something really interesting in slow build with Alien. And James Cameron is very much like, hey, you guys like popcorn and candy, right? Let's put them together. Here you go. And it's just very much like the crowd pleasing take on these characters. Yeah, I I agree with that. And even the Alien, you know, (laughs) is a little more, I don't even know if I'd say present, but maybe like a little bit more of just like a vicious presence in the whole thing. Well, they also don't have to hold back on it. You've already, again, you've already seen the alien from the first movie. So this one by its title alone is aliens. So instead of just one, we're going to have a bunch in a way. It's kind of the Mm -hmm. ingenious take on it rather than just finding a weird variation on the first one. Like let's in improv parlance, let's go to beat two with this, which is, if there was one alien terrorizing a ship in beat one, beat two is a bunch of aliens, you know, who are now politicians who are wacky or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> was it Paul Reiser? I'm I'm now like Yes. Yes, Paul Reiser plays the sleazy businessman. The joke was that he gets into an elevator and there's an alien in the elevator, like on the ceiling. And you never see him again, so he's presumably killed by the alien. But for me, the joke the maybe intended joke was that he may have sweet talked the alien into a deal (laughs) (laughs) just by not showing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just by not showing his dead body. He may have talked his way out of it. (laughs) My mom, the whole time we were watching that one was just wanted him to die. (laughs) (laughs) That was like her entire focus was just like, get rid of him. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, How was the experience overall watching it with your parents? Do they, do they talk to the, to the movie? while you're watching it at home a lot or is, was it just your mom with the Paul Reiser character? My mom's pretty vocal, but not in like a, she's into it. Like my mom buys in. I like almost admire it (laughs) in the, in the age where even my own tendency is sometimes to look at my phone while I'm watching something. (laughs) Like my mom is like hands on her knees, leaning forward. Like even if she doesn't like care for like some of the stuff in the movie, she is in the movie. She is like, <laughs> like she doesn't like to look at gore and violence, but she will, 
she's the easiest person to show something to. <laughs> like, even if she doesn't like it, she'll just get sucked into it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's definitely <laughs> how it works. It feels like it's it, it's a kind of openness. She's open to wanting to see new things. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. Honestly, like part of the reason I hadn't seen these movies is because my parents just aren't that interested in like you know going to see the big blockbuster movie or the the. It, she's not naturally inclined to like pick that one out to go see it. So, um, and I was an only child too. So I still am I didn't, <laughs> no late brothers or sisters, but, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things that I haven't seen or didn't see until college or after just because my parents, they weren't like sheltering me. They were just like, Oh, you want to see Star Wars? I guess you could go do that with your friend. So, like that kind of attitude. They just weren't that interested. <laughs> does that affect mostly, do you think, movies? Or does it also affect music, TV shows, other areas of entertainment that you're like, oh, I didn't find out the Beatles until I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew it, it, the answer to that is a l pretty much everything. But the things that they like, they like. So I knew the Beatles because my dad liked the Beatles and ccr and the band america <laughs> those are like the bands my dad liked but i didn't really listen to the beatles until college we're like that was where i like smoked a joint and listened to the white album all the way through and was like oh okay right. yes now <laughs> I, understand. I, I get what this Rocky is raccoon, of course <laughs> don't you see <laughs> yeah exactly my parents are more like beatles one <laughs> like just put that on and that's the beatles <laughs> I had an interesting uh, conversation with my mom years and years ago. She liked the Beatles fine, but to her, they were a boy band. And so she wasn't really that interested in that. She was listening to Motown. That was the that music during that time period that she gravitated towards. And I just presumed everybody was listening to the Beatles along with other stuff. And uh -huh. she was like, man, I didn't really care. Uh, and my dad didn't didn't really care for the same reasons until right around revolver that's that's when he said that's when they got interesting was that the first one? i don't i don't really know the chronology of the beatles offhand but is that like when they just started messing around in the studio and stopped touring as much or was that just about yeah that was right about the same time like brian epstein died they stopped touring that's i think rubber soul and then revolver is right in that you know i don't have it like off the top of my head but right in there is when things changed for them from being that touring upbeat sort of lovable band and becoming serious musicians. Uh -huh. That makes sense. It's kind of, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a big credit to the Beatles that they were able to do that. <laughs> so with, with these two movies, what do you feel like they've, you, you were saying that the James Cameron one held up. Do you think the first one held up as well? Yeah. I think the first one, almost back to the like the special effects and that kind of stuff like the first one almost holds up more because it doesn't rely so heavily on it it's more just like a it feels like almost a quiet story sometimes <laughs> like so even though it's a little you can tell it was made in the 70s or whatever like uh i was invested i was right there in it yeah it's interesting that you point that out because i don't they didn't have laser guns or anything like that blasters because they weren't a military unit they were just a working crew so they had these makeshift they created like flamethrowers right that's what they did yeah. they kind of made a makeshift flamethrower so when you're doing that that's old technology you don't have to have real special effects you just have to have the set design look like a futuristic spaceship which they also did a great job of having it look 
not pure new, you know, brand spanking new spaceship. Mm. It was sort of utilitarian and a spaceship that had been in use. So that was uh, another cool touch, I thought. I agree. I also think the other thing they used in that movie more than like guns and stuff was just closing doors. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like, we got to close this door and get the alien on that side of it. We'll all be safe on (laughs) on this side. In that way, it's kind of the smartest horror movie ever made. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, I'm not, I don't know how to use a gun or a laser gun, but I would certainly run for safety or try to lock myself in a closet. Put layers of doors between you and the scary animal. Yeah, that makes good sense. <laughs> yes, I I think they I I mean I think they both hold up for different reasons, but I I liked I liked Alien more than like maybe more than I expected. Just in terms of I don't know, it felt like just a completely original story too. Um, there's a not to say there's no original stories anymore, but I sort of I like watching movies from that era or even a little bit older just to kind of. Cause I feel like filmmakers were allowed to like do weird stuff and take chances. And I don't know, really like a lot of what I know about alien now is just like alien versus predator, alien versus predator two, or like the spinoffs and stuff like that. Like those were the movies coming out when I was at an age to see those movies. I, I just kind of didn't see them cause I didn't know the source material, honestly, in a way that's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, that that's not, not on purpose. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't watch. Well, I haven't seen all the Rocky movies. I've seen the first one. <laughs> but like, I want to know a little bit about Rocky before I jump into Creed, you know? <laughs> and with what you remember about Terminator 1 and 2, just in general, were there surprises in either one of those? And also, do you feel like those held up well also? Um, yeah, I knew I knew a lot about them, you know, just because it's so ingrained in popular culture and stuff. I was sort of watching one and two waiting to be like, when's he going to say I'll be back? (laughs) Or when's he going to say hasta la vista, baby? So I knew also that in one, the Terminator was the bad guy and that in two, the Terminator becomes the good guy along with the kid. I also was told that I looked like the kid. (laughs) Like one of my friends when I first moved to LA said I looked like John Connor. And I was like, what do you, I don't think so. (laughs) Do you still disagree with that? (laughs) Yeah, I think I disagree more now that I I hope I look older than a teenager. But maybe when I was 22, <laughs> I could sort of, I could kind of see it. You know, I had, I had the longer, longish hair, I guess, and <laughs> baby face. You were seen many times riding around on the back of a motorcycle with a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I got around. There was an Uber and Lyft in 2007. I had to befriend a bodybuilder and get to where you're going. <laughs> What did you think about the um, morphing special effects from Terminator 2? Wait, so that you mean when the... The two, the T2-2000 or whatever it is, the fancier Terminator who can shapeshift. Is that the villain? Or you... That's the villain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the special effects are a little corny, but uh, I like the idea of it a lot. I like the idea of... Because you're talking about like he would take the... Basically become like a shopkeeper or something like that. Yeah. The, he would. Yes. Yes, exactly. In the, in the asylum, they, they have that shot where they have the guard and they're clearly using his twin brother for the two shot. And then they switch over to have him kill the thing that he has become the doppelganger of, but him rising up out of that black and white checkerboard floor as a silver thing, liquidy, you know, that was 
amazing. <laughs> that was, you know, worlds changed when you saw that. <laughs> I believe it. I think, honestly, I probably saw that. You know, like, I probably knew of that image before I even saw the movie. But I just didn't have all <laughs> the framework for any of that stuff. But I definitely was familiar with it. I Again, the thing I like about watching these older action movies is sort of you look for the I look for more for just the ideas in them <laughs> you know that's just such a cool idea and like even if it looks a little weird or off or outdated or whatever I don't know to me it's just cool to see like <laughs> the director pull it off with sort of a uh with what he had <laughs> overall what was your kind of what's your overall take on each of these movies or any one in particular, which one stood out to you the most? Is there any one that you would want to rewatch or, you know, sort of sum it all up for me? Okay. So rank the four movies from number four up to number one. Okay. I'd probably go, um, Oh boy. <laughs> I haven't thought of, I'm not good at thinking of stuff like this, but I'll, I'm going to do it for you. I'd probably go, Terminator at the bottom. I think probably Alien, Aliens, Terminator 2. I know that might be make me a basic boy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think, my honest answer. Uh, maybe Aliens would be interchangeable. The Alien and Aliens would be interchangeable, honestly. Cause I, uh, but for a movie that like seeing it a second time where I'm not like totally in the, in the suspenseful part or where I know what's going to happen. Probably the order I gave is the order I'd stick with. How would you do it? Well, let's see. I would probably put, I might put aliens four, then Terminator and then T2 and then alien would be my number one. Gotcha. So you love alien. I really enjoy that movie. Just the craft of that movie, just the performance in the performances in that movie. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for Yafet Koto and Harry Dean Stanton and Tom Skerritt. Ed Sigourney Weaver is great. Um, you know, the, it's such a good cast. I'm I'm forgetting the other actress's name who's in there. But yeah, I just like all the performances. I love the the feel of it. T2 is just a lot of fun. And Terminator, I think, I started to watch it mm -hmm. a while ago. And it falls into that category of, oh, when this came out, we were all blown away by this idea of the movie and the execution of the movie. But it's very slow now. And there's parts of it where you think, well, why wouldn't you just do that? You know, why wouldn't you close some doors, basically? <laughs> you know, that sort of equivalent. Yeah. Aliens, just to me, the, the recollection for me of Aliens is that it is just Rambo in space against the aliens. And so that to me is less interesting, but I may be giving it short shrift. You know, if I watched it again, there may be, you know, they got to rescue that poor little girl and all that stuff. There definitely were kids in both the sequels here. <laughs> That's James Cameron's little secret ingredient for a sequel. I guess that would be like, like a movie that I really liked that I think I saw of its time was moon. I really liked that movie moon. So if they made like a moon two, <laughs> which would be impossible, uh, <laughs> and just put guns in it and stuff, I think I would be like, "Why'd you do that?" <laughs> I, I can even I if it was really well done, guns, Rambo, military, <laughs> over the top, Top Gun kind of moon two. Yeah, you'd probably still have a part of you that's like, "Yeah, we didn't really need that." Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing more of what you're saying here. Like, it's just because of that, I think, you know, again, I'm biased because of when I saw it as a kid in in the theater when it was new. It's a different 
you can't expect it. You know, I'm, I, I mentioned this to somebody else the other day. You can't expect people to have the same experience to the things you did when they were new. We're watching the Star Wars movies with my seven-year-old, almost eight-year-old, and mm-hmm. he was kind of lobbying to start with Phantom Menace because it's the first one. And mm-hmm. I absolutely would not allow it. <laughs> absolutely. So we started with Star Wars. And now he knows everything about Star Wars because we've played the Star Wars Lego Complete Saga game. Uh-huh. So he visually knows everything about it. And he also knows all of the spoilers. So we're watching Star Wars. And Ben Kenobi has rescued Luke from the Sand People who have attacked him and he's telling mm-hmm. him about his father and he says, how did my father die? And he said, oh, Darth Vader killed your father. And Rollins shouts, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. There's no way to expect him to have the same yeah. feeling of when Darth Vader says, no, I am your father because he already know, you know, and you can't, yeah. I mean, do you want to raise your kids like veal and put them in a cage so that they can have the <laughs> the wonderment of that one movie moment? Like, yeah, you got to just accept that it's not going to be the same thing. That's what my parents did. <laughs> but they also were veal. They didn't know. <laughs> but that, that is funny to think about. Like, like, I was just thinking you having such a strong opinion on what order to watch the Star Wars movies. And you are correct. <laughs> but that is the exact opposite of my experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, my my niece loved the prequels, loved them. And I just couldn't fathom it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm always curious to know, like, especially with something like Alien, where that chest bursting scene has become such a go-to moment for both parody's sake as well as just a cinematic moment. You know, that among other things about it, how does that feel when you're watching it and you have that prior knowledge? Honestly, it almost feels like I'm in on the joke finally. (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned parody because I really became, like I knew that that was from Alien or that, I knew that iconic moment from Alien because when I worked at Funny or Die, we did it terrible it wasn't terrible but we did like a very low budget video <laughs> where that happened i think to colton dunn actually <laughs> and and everyone like was so excited to film the thing and i was just i think holding a camera or holding boom just i was just part of the a cog in the machine making this video and i was like oh this seems this seems cool i mean i don't get what's so hilarious about it, it seems gross uh, <laughs> so uh i i will say like i thought it i thought that mo- moment was going to come in like the end or something. I, I didn't realize, I didn't quite realize that it was like a suspenseful, like, you know, such a turning point in the movie. So it actually still did kind of catch me by surprise. That's great. A little bit. <laughs> any final sort of thoughts? Has this inspired you to check out any other similar movies from the time or of that type? I, for some reason, I feel like it takes more energy to watch like an old movie you haven't seen for the first time. Cause it's slower. I think, I think so. Also, you know, I, I've, with I live with my girlfriend and uh, I think either of us when she wants to watch something or when I want to watch something it's like you sort of have to lobby for it a little bit but that, that uh, that's not to say we we can't watch more of it I've, I've been watching I actually have the Criterion channel so I've been checking out a bunch of stuff that I hadn't seen like I watched the last picture show I watched uh, some Hitchcock movies so I try to I'm trying to do that like once a week check into just something 
you know, I haven't seen that I should see, which Criterion Channel, that basically should be <laughs> their slogan. I, I haven't seen all of a Rambo movie, I don't think. Not really that interested, but I guess I could check it out. I'm sure it's entertaining, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be like on a Saturday afternoon. Like, you know what? Let's watch Rambo. Let's get let's get Rambo going. You can follow me on Instagram at James underscore Eason underscore music. The show is produced and edited by me, James Eason, and the theme music is composed by me, James Eason.